Hello, welcome back to the Riverside Voice. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. <laughs> and we are here for our fifth episode. Number five. Woohoo! Yes. And this week we are going to be talking about uh, Junk Church at Stella's, Batch Bakery, and some Spokane Kickstarter projects. So, uh, Stella's Cafe is on uh, Broadway. Broadway and Maple. Yes. And it is uh, a cafe with sandwiches and coffee and stuff. And every week on Sundays, they host what they call Junk Church. Yes. And this, this just started two weeks ago, oh, two okay. Sundays ago. I heard about it while getting my vegan Reuben at Stella's. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. So, yeah, the the whole concept of Junk Church is to move in a flea market in their open space in the back because since it's getting colder it's getting darker winter time there's not as many flea markets around so this is a way to get people to sell their stuff and people to say i want that stuff and it's pretty old stuff (laughs) we were there today and lauren let's just Let's just go over our first reaction. It kind of felt more like um, grandma's attic. Someone had just yeah gone through their basement and been like, finally a place to get rid of this box of stuff, like records. Whereas I'm used to those sorts of things being more like, this is my cool art that I made, and this is like neat vintage stuff, and that's not really what was going on. No, and I was telling Lauren when I go into fair, quote unquote fairs or or flea markets like that, I shut down. I mean, I just get so shy. I don't even want to look at the people selling. Well, it feels like the pressure to buy their stuff. It is. It is. And I overheard some, one woman asked one of the vendors a question and it was an immediate like, oh, well, buy it and I'll tell you kind of thing. And no, but they did have some really cool sweaters and denim jackets. Lots of denim jackets. And a few people, I recognized a few people from places in the community um, who work at Atticus and who host talk shows and and things like that. So I think it's definitely worth checking out if you're a nostalgic antique fanatic. But if you're looking for a bargain, you're most likely not going to score a good deal. Yeah, the prices were pretty high. Yeah. Is score appropriate? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, the prices are pretty high. So, Jump Church. And, I mean, maybe it it'll improve. I think they could really improve it by being a little bit more um, uh, picky about yes. who they let come in and sell their goods and just making those things that people want rather than just, like, literally this is a bunch of junk that I'm selling Which, for a lot more money than you'd pay for it at Goodwill. Yes. Yes. So... I guess we give Junk Church a give meh. Meh. two out of five. Two out of five, yes. Um, cool, awesome concept. And again, it's only in its first couple weeks, yeah. so could definitely improve. And I think they're running every Sunday through April. That's what oh. I saw. Oh, great! Okay. October through April, and you know who knows? Maybe they'll do it again next year. I mean, it could completely change the way that it's functioning by April because it's something brand new. Mm-hmm. So noon to four Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, so worth checking out, but don't go in expecting the most amazing flea market you've ever seen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is the case usually in all flea markets. You know, you think you're going to find the the thing you needed your whole life. (laughs) 
And then you it's just walk fair. out overwhelmed You're and just, disappointed. Yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to search for stuff in that sort of place and Sometimes it's, you know, ask for the price and you're like, well, I don't want to ask because if it's more than $5, I'm not interested. Exactly. So yes. So yeah. that's my just opinions on flea markets in general though. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was going to go off on a tangent about a Bay Area flea market, but we don't need to bore our listeners with, <laughs> with that. Yeah. Um, this is not the Bay Area podcast. This is not the Bay. Right. <laughs> Thank <Right>. God. <laughs> So, all right, let's let's transition to bakeries. Yes, something that is always uh, impressive. Worth every penny. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Batch Bakery opened how long ago? Do you know? Hmm. A few months ago, right? In this early summer. Yes, yeah. quite recently. Mm-hmm. And it is located in West Central. On Dean. Yes, on Dean, not in a neighborhood I spend a lot of time in. Nope. So, it was nice to go check out a new part of town. Yes. And it is super cute. Adorable. Yes. They do all the baking there. It's small. Not a lot of tables. Um, fairly limited selection of baked goods on yes. any given day. There was mm-hmm. less options than I thought there would be. But the, the options that were there were amazing and super delicious and awesome. Tell us what you had, Lauren. I had a uh, apple crisp apple cake. Sort of thing. Apple spice cake. Apple spice cake. Mm. Like, what was it called? And uh, Annie had a lemon jalapeno cookie, cookie sandwich, sandwich <laughs> which was one of the most bizarre things I've ever tasted. Find a picture on our blog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My face when I tasted that, I was just very, very confused. Yes. But it's very charming, and Batch Bake Shop is a true brick and mortar shop. I mean, it's brick. <laughs> I assume there's also mortar involved in the construction. You bet. And they do the baking there. They were baking some stuff while we were there having a snack. And what I've read about the bake shop is that the owner specializes in wedding cakes. I I mean, she caters for a lot of weddings. Yes. And then has these other treats available for customers. And they're expanding with a patio. And they just installed some bike racks. So I think it's very family-friendly. Yeah, they also have coffee and tea. Yes, I had a pot of hibiscus. Yes, they serve a tea in a cute little little teapot for you, so that's always a plus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not have any of their coffee, but Mm -hmm. I know that it exists. Yep. And it's, you know, it's colorful, it's cute. Yep. It's a good place to sit. They only have baked goods, so they don't, it's not like a, you know, lunch Lunch. place or something. Right. Um, But yeah, if you're looking somewhere to hang out and have some tea and a pastry, it's super cute. And Mm -hmm. I think we would both highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. And you're probably thinking, how does a brick and mortar bake shop find itself in a residential neighborhood? That is probably what you're thinking. Yes. (laughs) My answer is... Kickstarter campaigns. Look at that transition. That was beautiful. (laughs) Yes. So Batch Bake Shop is one of a few successful Kickstarter campaigns in Spokane. It reached its $15,000 goal last December, was successfully funded. And Lauren and I just wanted to talk about some of the other Kickstarter projects in Spokane and open that up to... Is Kickstarter Kickstarter a beneficial way to crowdfund to build community resources? So 
some of the some of the projects that successful projects that have come out of Spokane through Kickstarter are um, the great PNW Pacific Northwest. It's a clothing line, and you'll find them on Instagram. They shoot beautiful pictures of Oregon, Washington, this gorgeous place, and their their clothing uh, is really unique. Um, and another project is yogurt called Flora. In the news, there was IC Pooch, which is a project done by a 14-year-old. And we saw this afternoon a paper USB, which is a business card yeah. that turns into a Very USB. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Find it on Kickstarter, Spokane Projects. So, Lauren, what do you think? Kickstarter... Is it a successful way to build a business, get your CD noticed, um, get your graphic novel published? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think Kickstarter is interesting um, because I think that a lot of projects on there don't get funded. Um, and I think one of the things that like Batch Bakery had going for it was that they were already a fairly successful catering business. Um, they were already well known and then they wanted to expand. And I think that's a really great way of doing that, especially if you don't have the money to, you know, to do that by yourself and then you can say hey community we want to do this like if this is valuable to you throw in 20 bucks and help this bakery exist which i think is super cool um i don't know how great of a way it is to do like art projects i know sometimes when i have someone request you know send me a link to their kickstarter page it just feels like you know walkathons all over again just like give me money not because you believe in what I'm doing, but just because I'm asking you for money and you feel bad if you don't give any to me. Um, I'm very cynical and not very nice person. Um, but yeah, so I think it can be a really good way to do something if you actually have something valuable that you can return to, um, your customers or clients or whatever. Um, but if you yeah, so I think it's a, it's a good way to create something valuable, but then you also have to make sure you're going to be sustainable without people continuing to give you money. So yeah, And that's where Micah Maloney, the owner of Batch Bake Shop, she has been really smart in developing her, her strategy for this because Batch Bake Goods are already in local coffee shops, mm-hmm. so people know the name or they know the taste. And so now that she has her own place, she probably has, um, excuse me, not devoted, um, loyal, (laughs) loyal customers. And going back to what Lauren was saying about sustainability, what people will criticize Kickstarter managers for, when I say managers, I mean the people trying to get a Kickstarter campaign going is that it's, our ages, our, our time's way of, um, you know, not working for what we, what we can achieve. And of course it's work. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have to put a lot of thought into incentives for people to give and, um, show up and say what they're going to do with the funds. And with Kickstarter, you have to achieve the whole goal or you get nothing. If, if Micah would have achieved 14,900, she wouldn't have gotten any of that fund because it didn't reach her $15,000 goal. But another crowdfunding site like Indiegogo, you get as much as you get. 
So, or you, you can yeah. take as much as you raise. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I guess the sustainability thing would be big for me with Kickstarter. Um, I think, wasn't the Bartlett also a Kickstarter project? That was Indiegogo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's a really great way, especially, you know, for a town to sort of improve itself because not everyone has the means or the desire to open a music venue or a bakery or whatever, but it's valuable to them to have that in their neighborhood and in their community. So it's a cool way that you can kind of put your money where your mouth is, even if it's not, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you can just say, I've got, you know, I've got 10 bucks. I think this is an important project. Um, so I think it kind of democratizes capitalization a little bit. Hey, yes. Not capitalization, capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Capitalization should not be democratized. There are rules and we need to follow them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I think it takes great chutzpah to try and open your own business and, And it's great to know that the community already stands behind you, too. Yes, yes. I mean, this is one example of a female-owned business. Mm -hmm. The Bartlett is a young married couple. So, I mean, it's the underdog. It's supporting the underdog through community building. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's a a cool um, kind of tool to add to your arsenal. Mm -hmm. As someone who is trying to start a small business or, you know, an art project of some sort. Um, yeah, I, I think that the fact that it exists is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It definitely makes it easier for people to to do something big without having to save for 10 years. Right. Achieve, they can achieve their dreams knowing that people support you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> we don't have a Kickstarter. Maybe we'll add one someday if we decide that we need some money. To but, get you know. our podcast global, <laughs> universal, actually. Yeah, we're like, going to start galactical. broadcasting to Pluto, which I hear is a planet again. No. Pluto, Pluto got back in the gang. Is it that was, a Kickstarter campaign? No, it's, it's real. Pluto was, was banished for a while, but, you know, now that we've got plans to go into high school, you know, maybe they graduated, went to college, they're a little bit more inclusive now. Okay. Um, anyways... Pluto's back. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we are working on improving our podcast and hopefully soon one day you will actually be able to hear it. Um, And yeah, we would love to hear from any listeners. Riverside Voice Podcast at Gmail. Soon we'll have a Facebook page and a Twitter feed. And Instagram and a Tumblr. Tumblr. And our blog will be real. And there's a lot going on here at the Riverside Voice. Yes. So we appreciate your your time. And yes. And we, we look forward to, to continuing to improve our podcast. Yeah. And we hope to see you by the river. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye.